Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. Nice to see you. It is, uh, it is our privilege to have uh, Pastor Jim Young, uh, pastor of the Clare Michigan Church of the Nazarene, as the guest, uh, as our preacher tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, let me tell you about, a little bit about Pastor Young. He graduated from here in 1985, uh, served in, as a pastor in the church in Kentucky and a church in Michigan, and, uh, and then moved in 1992 to Clare, Michigan. Anybody know where Clare, Michigan is? Anybody know where Michigan is? Oh, okay. All right. okay. So if you're looking at uh, those of us who are from Michigan, this is how we talk about where things are in Michigan. This is what the state looks like. And this is where Clare, Michigan is. It's about right here. Uh, down, down lower. Oh, where? See, see okay. Michigan. Yes? Right oh, right here in the knuckle? Okay, okay. <laughs> Claire, Claire, Michigan, Claire, I think the city of Claire is the county seat for Claire County, is it? Actually, Harrison is. Oh, okay, well. But, you know, when you feel yourself digging a hole. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Claire, Michigan's about right here in this knuckle. The way that, we made, way that we made connection is that his district superintendent, Dr. Wayne Brown, who's also a grad from NBC, said, I think... I think you ought to uh, invite Pastor, Pastor Jim to, come, uh, to uh, come to Colorado to preach in chapel. Uh, there were 70 people in the Clare Church of the Nazarene in 1992. Uh, Clare, Michigan has a population of about 3,000. Uh, Dr. Brown told me in an email this week that the Clare Church of the Nazarene in Clare, Michigan is now running about 750 people 19 years later. So, uh, so God is working, absolutely. And so we have the chance to hear from a brother in Christ who has said yes all along the way and has been exactly where you are. And so that's why, um, and that's why we'll hear from Pastor Jim over the next couple of nights. Stand with me and I want us to say our prayer together. Here am I, Lord. Restore me. One more time. Here am I, Lord. Restore me. And then again, let's pray it. Hear my Lord. Restore me. We pray, make it so. It is the, the prayer, the cry of our heart for us to be touched by you in new ways. Thank you for all the things you've done for us. We commit ourselves to you in new ways. Help us to hear through, from you through our brother. Uh, we give you praise for all you're doing. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. All right, then. Here we go. I'm going to give you 40 minutes worth of stuff in 15 minutes. Are you ready? Amen. Sorry about picking on you, Dr. Like. <clears throat> Can I tell you, uh, whether, you're, whether you're going to be a pastor or whether you're a layperson, I want to tell you tonight is very important. Something I learned right here at Bible College. And I learned it from a guy, and I'll talk more about that tomorrow night, uh, 
Dr. Floyd Perkins. And I want to tell this part of my story because as you read this, did you bring your Bibles? Y'all Bible college students, right? <laughs> uh, Y'all have Bibles here? <laughs> okay. Why don't you turn with me to Mark chapter 8. And uh, I was sitting there this afternoon in my motel room going, okay, I'm going to do five minutes a point. By the way, all sermons have three points, right? You are so lucky this one does. Usually I just have one and it goes on and on and on. <laughs> you know what it means when a preacher says this and I'm through? Absolutely nothing. He sometimes finishes four and five times. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? And I'm going to read out the New Living. Uh, I, I use the New King James to preach from, but this passage puts it pretty clear. He says in verse 22, When they arrived at Bethesda, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. They begged him to touch his and heal his eyes. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting in the man's eye, he laid his hands on him and said, Can you see anything now? That's a question, isn't it? And the man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. That's a very key part of this verse. They look like trees walking around. So Jesus placed his hands over the man's eyes again, and the man stared intently. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly just as Jesus saw it. Oh, yeah. Father, bless your word tonight. Use it to encourage these your servants in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You could be seated. A couple of different things. One, one thing I've learned is that we're, we're, what's happening in our world, we're losing that personal contact with people. Would you agree? I mean, even right now, there's going to be people going to watch this online, and that's okay. But I want to tell you, coming to Bible college was an important thing for me because I didn't study well in school. I don't know that I studied well here, but I, I did finally graduate. Amen. <laughs> people really don't care how much you know, John Maxwell says, until they know how much you care. We need to understand, we need to learn, we need to have knowledge, but you know what? All that knowledge will never grow a person if you don't spend time in their life. And if we don't start seeing people clearly, and this, to me this is what I got out of this story that Jesus is trying to say. What happens to us is, and we're going to look at it, you see, what happens is the evolution of personal contact is going completely away from personal touch at all. People go through the fast food. People go through the drive through People no longer go into a classroom where they sit down and have interaction with people. We're losing that personal contact. I mean, all of a sudden we find people, in fact, what I, what I, what I dislike about the Internet is you can be whoever you want to be. You don't ever have to even be real. Personal contact means I have to be real. In the church, it's just as real in the church. Pastors aren't seeing people anymore. They're see, or sometimes they see him as someone to help him get to the next level. They see him as objects just like this man saw them. He said, I see them like trees. They're the next level, the next step. I learned something about pastoring is as in almost 26 years now, I never didn't care. My first church had 25 people, and God just grew it all by himself, and I just showed up. Amen. We don't grow churches, we grow people. God grows churches. You'll find it tomorrow night in Acts 2. It's very clear. But if you don't see them, you won't grow them. 
We'll go to a motel and my, my wife will come out 20 minutes later and she said, so, find somebody to talk to? I said, yeah. Did you know that lady, you know, her husband just passed away and, you know, you, you see people every day. Do you see them? Do you see how they hurt and do you understand how they feel? And, and I want to tell you, in the ministry, it's, it's, and not, whether you're a pastor or a layperson, it doesn't matter. People have stopped seeing people. We walk by them every day. We're so busy. And by the way, don't think you're going to go in the ministry and not be busy. And we have guys in our district who think they can grow a church by sitting behind a desk at a computer. I just want to know how that hugs you back. How many hugs do you get from your computer? It may say hug, but it ain't that personal touch. Amen. We certainly need to see people clearly tonight. You're going to need to see them clearly. And the only way that can happen is we have to have our sight restored. God wants to restore our sight. And I know that many guys use this passage as a second blessing of God, and it is. But I believe tonight that in the church, in the church of the Nazarene, there are pastors and lay people alike that God needs to touch their eyes so they begin to see people. Do you realize the average uh, size, of, and I'm not talking about, I could care less about the size of my church. I don't look at the size of the church I pastor. That's God's business. My business is making sure that, that we take care of people. And I don't see it as numbers. I, they're people to me. You see, in Matthew chapter 9, you know this story. You've studied it. You've probably memorized it. If you'd had Charles Baldwin as a professor, you'd have had to memorize it a bunch of times. But I appreciate what he taught me about scripture memorization. It's important. But Jesus said, said, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the people, isn't that amazing? He was busy doing work, wasn't he? He was busy, and, and pastor, and lay people, you'll get busy, you're going to get busy. And you won't see the people. Jesus was busy, and all of a sudden it says, and he saw the people. Do you, do you get it? When he saw them, what did he say? His heart became heavy, and he had compassion for them. He said, because they were wandering around and like sheep without a leader. I know we use that term senior pastor and all that. I, I'm going to change that term to lead pastor. Because, you know, I have some staff, and they're all, and they're all good, bunch of, good bunch of guys and ladies. But the truth is, I'm not a very good leader to them sometimes. They just kind of go out and do their thing, and I say, well, bless God. Because I see people. I've seen them. Some of them gotten saved in my ministry. You see, they're wandering around without a leader. There needs to be leaders. And as you spend your time either online or at the Bible college here, it's important that you make sure what you gain from this is that you are going to go out of here being the best leader God can help you to be. And the best leaders are those who, in fact, even in our nation, the best leaders we've ever had are those who actually see the people. Not the ones who see have an agenda or see what they think they want. They're the, the people that have, the presidents that have seen the people. The pastors that have seen the people. The professors that see the people. They make a difference in students' lives. Especially when you work all day and come to school and try to stay awake in the class. Can I get a witness on that one? Amen, Pastor. <laughs> Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I want to tell you, he said, the harvest is truly plentiful. And I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm, uh, 
When Ron Attic picked us for the uh, Apostles' Court, I was Andrew, a soul winner. I don't know if you remember that, but he picked me. I was Andrew. And I had no idea that's, that's who I am. That's what, I, that's what God gave me the gift to do. But on the other side of that, we can get busy trying to find lost people and miss hurting people. Ooh. Be careful, Pastor. I mean, it's great to have a on fire going to go out and just, you know, win every lost person you can find. And they're out there. And I'll tell you right now, they'll keep you busy till Jesus comes. I'm telling you, especially if you want to do follow-up in their life. I do follow-up in every, every person I've ever led the Lord. I do follow-up with. That's a lot of work. And you can get busy winning lost people and miss the people that are hurting sitting in your pews or in your chairs. You can miss the kids, the, the students in classes who are hurting. They're trying to get their studying done. They're trying to do those things. But sometimes you come to class with pain in your life. But nobody sees it. He does. He said, you know what? He said, I, I see the harvest. It is so plentiful. But there are not very many people going out to do it. Do you realize that in the church of the Nazarene today, we're hurting to find godly men and women who will go into ministry? And I say that, well, I mean, we've had them on our district. It was preaching to Jesus. I tell you, I'm just good with one. How about you? Amen. What's happening to us? Why aren't people hearing the call of God? It's because, in my opinion, they've stopped seeing people. All they see is themselves. And, they, oh, I'm in love with Jesus, are you? If you was in love with Jesus, you'd, you'd be seeing the people. Because he's in love with people. He's all about people. See, and he said something that really got me. He said, I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in the field. And I know people that will pray that. Oh, God, send somebody out there. And I'm thinking, get up and go. It's your turn. Amen, Pastor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're sitting in that pew. They can't wait to get to church so they can sing Kumbaya and go home and eat. And pray the prayer. Oh, send somebody out there. Hello? But God called you, didn't he? Now, don't get discouraged when you go out there in the ministry and you think you're going to go out there and everybody's going to love you. I'd like to tell you everybody loves me, but they don't have to repent for lying to you. I did find out, though, that if you love them, you can preach the truth straight ahead. You do not have to compromise the truth, ever. And the last thing. My question to you is, how's your eyesight? You know, when you get busy doing your studies, when you get... In fact, when I think about what affects our eyesight, hurt affects our eyesight. And by the way, if you think that you're going to go into ministry and not be hurt, you're very wrong. People will hurt you. I have a son that has a felony. I'm a pastor with a son with a felony, and he lives in the same community I still live in. How's that working for me right now? Good. Because I've been here, I'm in my 19th year there, and people know me, and so they don't blame me. But the truth is, it's not easy. Sometimes it's harder to love the people in your house than it is the guy next door. Can I get a witness? But there are people too. Don't stop seeing your kids as people. 
You'll wake up one day and they'll be 37 years old and in jail. And you want to just slap that snot out. In Jesus' name. But then you have to remember they're people too. Hurt causes us not to see the people. Bitterness and resentment causes us not to see the people. You'll come here and things will happen in your life and, 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 and you, you might get bitter. Or you might have something that happened to you a long time ago and that bitterness will blind you and you will not see people. And until you let God put forgiveness in your heart so that you can have clear eyesight, you'll only see them through your bitterness and resentment. Oh, how we need to see tonight. In fact, busyness can take away our eyesight. We can get busy doing our job. We can get busy doing our studies. We can get busy trying to teach the students, thinking if I just do this. No, sometimes teaching is, we can teach more by what we do in a person's life than we'll ever do with our mouth. We need it, though. You see, God, Jesus touched that man's eyes a second time and he saw clearly. And I made this statement because I think it's, for me, it's a truth. And I'm going to share this part of this story if I can. You see, restoration, you're talking about restore me. The Bible says that the man's eyesight was restored. So that he saw people clearly. And I believe that when you start seeing people clearly, people will see Jesus in you. They will clearly see Christ in you. Because you're going to see him through his eyes. And you know how I know that? I'm here tonight because before I got saved, I hated preachers. And now I are one. How's that working for me? So God knew that, and what did he do? He sent a guy named Tom Peeler, who was just an adult Sunday school teacher, but Tom didn't come to teach me. Tom came to hunt with me and fish with me and cut wood with me, and he came to see me for who I really was. Tom Peeler was the first man I ever saw that I saw Jesus in. Tom Peeler was the first man that ever accepted me for the way I was. I was a barroom brawling drunk and I really could care less about life. But that guy came along and done something for me I could have never done for myself. He started showing me Christ like I'd never seen him before. Because he saw me clearly. Huh. He was awesome. And I hated him sometimes. Because he'd say, why don't you come to Sunday? And I go, don't talk to me about church stuff, Tom Peeler. I don't have it with me because he wouldn't let me have it on the plane, but I carry a bullet in my pocket. Tom was a veteran, and I'm a veteran. And when he died, I went and got the, I took one of them bullets, and I keep it in there for nine years. I've had that bullet in my pocket to remind me of somebody that made a difference in my life for Christ. And Ecclesiastes is called gathering up stones. You can't take it on an airplane and get you in trouble. Got me in trouble at a courthouse once. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I had thrown it out there with my chains, and two police officers said, what's that? I said, that's a bullet right there. <laughs> and they said, we know that. I want to tell my story about Tom, see, because that opens up the door. 
And they told me to take Tom to the truck or they was going to put him in jail. So I took him. Two years into our relationship between I and Tom, I couldn't stand it anymore. I saw something I wanted. He saw me clearly. I clearly saw Jesus in him. Do you think that's why Jesus said, the harvest fields widen into harvest? Get out there and see the people. We see it twice. Jesus touched the man's eyes so that he could see clearly. And he said, when he saw all the work that he'd done, don't you think that he touched all those lost people? And immediately he says, and when he saw the people, he was moved. Can I ask you tonight, what moves you? How's your eyesight? Sometimes we just need to let God touch our eyes so that we start seeing people the way they really are. You believe that tonight? I want you to stand with me. I think we're, we're just about out of time. We'll only be out of time when the trumpet sounds. Amen? Amen. Until then, we got time. <laughs> Pretty sure of it. Can we have an altar call? Is that all right? Who's going to anyway? <laughs> I'm just going to ask you. If you're here tonight, I know. I know it's hard. Been here, done that. Hated almost a lot of the minutes I was here. So I, 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 I'll tell that story tomorrow night in 15 minutes or less. But it clouded my vision of people. When I got my first church, God had to teach me to see the people. And he took that small group of people and they began to grow. They're everywhere. They were drunks in the bank. They were drunks that they called me and told me to come and get. Nobody wanted them, and I'd go pick them up and bring them home. And my wife goes, what's that? That is someone I see clearly. Father, right now in this room, there are men and women who have you have put your thumb in their back, and you have, you have spoken to their ear. Come on. Could you do this for me? And they said they would. And they got uh, big ideas and dreams about what they're going to do. But, but Lord, put it in their heart right now, most importantly, to have a clear vision of the people. Because once they begin to see them clearly, you will be able to send people to them because they'll see Jesus in them. If you're here, and you need Jesus to touch your eyes tonight. Just come on. We can't be long. I already understand that. But we can be as long as God needs us to be. You already know what's affecting your eyesight, don't you? You already know that. God wants to give you clear vision. Not about how to grow a church. But how to see people. Come on. Thank you, brother. Come on. You already know tonight. It's a rough week and it's only, it's only Tuesday. Amen. 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 
Some of you gather around just for a moment and pray with these. Father, right now we'll pray for these that are here and our brothers and sisters will gather around them and lay hands on them for your word tells us to lay hands on people. And we want to lay hands on them, Lord. Tonight, you already know. You know right now, these right here at this altar and how much they need to, they just need to have that second touch on their eyes tonight. That you'd take a hold of their eyes and open them up and let them see the people the way you want them to see them, God. Sometimes they can be so irritating and sometimes they can just get under our skin and sometimes they can hurt us and sometimes they try to damage us. And yet they're just people, God. Oh, put it in our hearts and our eyes tonight to see and, and feel the love of Christ. And may they see Christ in us because we see the, we see the people clearly tonight. We need to see clearly. Oh, Lord, we wish we'd had about 30 more minutes to share. But you know right now it only takes an instant. For in the word it said you touched his eyes and the first time he saw... He saw, but not clearly. And the second time that you touched those eyes, he says he, he began to look intently and he saw the people clearly. So Lord, tonight, as these have knelt around this altar, teach them to intently look at you so that they might see the people clearly. For our professors tonight in this, at this Bible college, this great institution that has made a difference in my life, I pray God for all of our professors and the leaders of this organization that they too will not just see them as students, but they are, let them see clearly the people. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you. We thank you for your presence tonight. We thank you for these wonderful songs we've sung and all that we've—it's been accomplished tonight around this altar. And I pray that in Jesus' precious name, our eyesight will be restored. For it said in that word in Mark chapter 8, and his eyesight was restored. So be it tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.